Peace and prosperity is my first salute to you. I'm Merton Clark, and welcome to the Word of Truth Revealed podcast. It is my desire to build you up, to increase your spiritual stamina and tenacity, to empower effectiveness and help you discover your purpose. Enjoy this vibrant and dynamic message. So let's stand to our feet for a moment and shake yourself. Stand to your feet and shake yourself. Say to yourself, self-align yourself to the word of God. Holy Spirit, I thank you that we are in tune and united with this moment. That our minds are not everywhere. Our minds are on you. I charge this congregation and those who would be listening to tune in even now. Let the fork, the antenna of our spirit go high into the atmosphere to pick up the signal and the prophetic language, the prophetic intelligence that we need. And Father, I thank you, Lord, that we are receptive to receive what you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we clap our hands and give God the glory? Can we awaken? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I charge the atmosphere in the name of the Lord. Thank you, God. Ah, yeah. Ah, yeah. There's a breaking. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There's a breaking. There's a breaking. There's a breaking. Yes, Lord. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Yes. Thank you, God. Can't you feel that opening? Can't you feel it? Yes. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. One of the duties of the pastor is to make sure that the atmosphere is right for the word. There must be a climate, uh, the right climate and atmosphere to receive. I want to challenge anybody that's in the foyer that's talking right now to get under this word. I want to challenge people who aren't engaged to get under this word. If you're out in the foyer playing around or just doing something and having some conversation or eating breakfast, you need to put your fork down and get in here. I'm a modern day prophet and my word is only as good as those ears who are receptive to receive. And no one should get up in the morning to come here to have a conversation and you haven't talked with God. This is a, a filling station and I need to fill you up. You're going to need this word in the new year. And I'm asking our people, I'm asking, I don't demand, I'm asking you to be more attentive. And if you're under the sound of my voice to press in here and not sit out in the foyer while I'm teaching and pouring out my soul and you're reclining in the spirit. That is coming to an end. Uh, that is coming to an end. If you're anywhere, a leader or anything like that in this ministry, and you don't sit up under this word, you're disqualified. You're disqualified to lead God's people. One of the reasons why there's a disconnect is because you're not under the word. Amen. But I'm going to close the gap. Amen. I'm taking the oversight. Amen. So Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 6 says it clear. It is not by might. It is not because we're strong physically. 
It is not the power of man that will do this, nor by power, human power, black power, white power, money power. It is by the spirit, saith the Lord. In other words, the work that needs to be done in us in terms of setting the agenda, destiny setting the agenda must be a work, an operation of the Holy Ghost, an operation of the Holy Ghost. May the voice of destiny speak loudly to you. And God calls those things that are not <laughs> as though they were. And so destiny is calling even now those things that are not as though they were. God wants you to be successful. How many of you believe that? God wants you to be successful. Get it out of your mind that you're supposed to be humble and unsuccessful, and that's humility. I grew up in a time where people felt like poverty or walking with a sad face was humility. Uh, walking around, the leader could walk around in a nice car, and the leader could live in a beautiful home, but not the members. And uh, I don't believe that. I believe destiny is calling us to be successful because God wants us to be successful. And uh, leaders are only as good as those followers who are following. And a leader, a good leader, wants the people of God to prosper and be in good health, as the scripture says, even as our soul is prospering. So we don't want you to just have physical or foliage, to have physical uh, beauty, to have physical things. But God is looking for us to be more fruitful in the new year. Amen. I was talking to someone about God just kind of going through, looking deeper at, at, at a, a tree, looking for fruit. And uh, when he pulled, pulled back the branches and looks for fruit, he needs to be able to see that there are clusters in you. That there's clusters of fruit. He wants, you, want, you want Jesus, when he pulls back the foliage and starts looking through your limbs, that he see clusters of grapes that are ripened in your life. When he desires to pick a fig from you, that he's not, he's not disappointed when he pulls back the foliage. A lot of people are real green, look good on the outside, but barren on the inside. And God wants you to be successful, not only financially, but as your soul prospers. You want to prosper, amen. As your soul is in good health, as your mind is regulated, so will it be with your finances. So destiny is calling. If God wants you to be successful, your destiny should align itself with God's plan. And destiny is calling for you to be successful. So I decree and declare that success wake you every morning. I decree and declare that success will wake you up every morning. Amen. Glory to God. So you need to say it like Benny Hinn did years ago. Good morning, Holy Spirit. And then the next thing you need to say is good day, success. I'm greeting my success every morning. Second thing I want to share with you is that God wants you to be fueled with motivation or by motivation. He wants you to be fueled by motivation, not by Maxwell House or Starbucks or Dunkin Donuts. God wants you to be fueled with motivation. That motivation should come from agenda 
or a destiny that you know you possess and he wants you to go after it. Amen. Sad songs and sad faces is not going to survive or cause you to survive on the next year or in the next year. We need to be motivated about our spiritual growth and develop, development. And so not only should success wake you every morning, I believe that motivation will be your morsel of bread. So I decree and declare that you would eat the breakfast of motivation. It will be the bread that you bite from. That gives you strength and energy to move forward. Glory to God. Motivation is so key. It is so key. It is so key. I need to be motivated to preach the gospel. Sometimes I don't feel it. But I motivate myself because my destiny speaks to me. Glory to God. Keep moving, Merton. Don't stop. Your message is far-reaching. This is what motivation is saying to me. Your message is far-reaching. Your message is far-reaching. Your message is going somewhere. It's pushing people into their destiny. Y'all supposed to say amen on that one. And then God wants destiny to set your agenda. Destiny is to set your agenda. So I decree and declare that destiny will set your agenda or your plans or your plans or your schedule. Destiny will set your itinerary in the new year. Not only now, but from this day forward, your destiny will set your agenda. That means you need to move some things off the schedule that's not pushing you toward your purposeful end. And you need to add other things to the agenda as destiny sets it. Glory to God. As destiny sets it, it's going to rearrange your plans. Your stuff is going out. Your way, your feeling needs to take second, take second seat. Your feelings are on the backside of the, bur of, of the burner. Your feelings are not hot right now. The agenda that God has for you is what's burning and cooking right now. Glory to God. Thank you, God. In scripture, God has always called those things which be not as though they were. And God called Abraham a father of many nations. He didn't wait until he became a father of many nations to call him such. He called him a father of many nations. And at that time, he didn't have any children. He didn't have any children at all, but he called it into into being glory to God he set the agenda for the man's life by speaking it into the atmosphere glory to God notice he wasn't a man with many children he was actually childless when he called him a father of many nations now this takes a little shift here because there are people who are only looking at yesterday and they're under the sound of my voice and can't hear what God is trying to say to you today don't allow disappointments and setbacks to dull your hear your ear from hearing what the spirit is saying to you right now god wants destiny not failure or setback to set your agenda glory to god he and his wife sarah were too old to have kids when god called him a father of many nations glory to god it looked like god made a mistake when he called Abram a father of many nations. Uh, Abram could have said, my God, I think you missed it on that one because 
I'm too old to have children. But God, hallelujah, who is rich in mercy can turn things around. And God can make you smile in your old age. And God can make you laugh when there's sorrow all around you. And God can make you have joy in the midst of your sorrow. And God can, in, in the midnight hour, he can turn it around. And he can work things in your favor. What God, what did God mean when he called the man a father of many nations? Or what does he mean when he sets your agenda Glory to God. You, he sets your agenda even by the destiny that he has called you to. Glory to God. Abraham could have said, what do you mean, God? I'm not a father of many nations. I'm not even a man. I'm childless and my wife is barren. But here is the principle. Please write it down if you can. God calls you what you are before you become it. God calls you what you are before it manifests. Glory to God. Please get that in your spirit. God calls you what you are before you become what you are. People call you what you are or who you are when they see who you are or after it happens. But God calls you who you are before it happens. And that's why people try to label folk today based on what they saw in your past. You can look at my past. God told me personally, I will write off your past by signing my name in your future. And see, God calls you who you are before it happens. When people call you who, what you are after it happens. And that's why there's redemption and there's a, a new way and there's a, a new day and there is a dawning of a new day and there's hope in Jesus. Glory to God, which is the anchor of your soul. You got to put your hope in God. So why be cast down, oh my soul? I know there's disappointment and all this stuff going on, but put your hope in God who calls you who you are before it happens. Glory to God. I know life took you. I know life hit all of us. But thank God that I have hope in Jesus. Glory to God. And he's calling me a father of many ministries even before it happened. He's calling me the apostle of many nations before it happens. He's calling me to mentor leaders before it happens. He's calling me to build a building before it happens. Can somebody say amen? It's going to be a nice building built my way. Glory to God. And you got to say it in your spirit. Yes, stuff happens. Things smolter. And there's smoke in the atmosphere. But God is calling those things which be not as though they were. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. And God calls you what you are before it happens. When God rejected Saul as king. And we're going to talk about Saul. Not about his rejection but his acceptance today but I need to give this to you when he rejected Saul as king and that's why you got to understand just because he picked you didn't mean he's always going to have you on the team you got to do what you need to do to stay on the team yeah. and when God rejected Saul as king he told Samuel I have found a man notice I found a man after my own heart David will be the next king. What's interest, interesting is, is that David was not a man when he called him that. 
He was a boy that was taking care of sheep in his father's fields. But God called him a man after my own heart. Who Jesus. And God is looking at some boyish stuff now. And God is looking at some adolescent stuff. Some immature, underdeveloped and overnurtured stuff. And he's still calling those things which be not as though they were. He knows that you failed. And he knows that there's sorrow in your life. And he knows when you look over your shoulder, you say, ooh, too. But not ooh, like somebody's there. You really don't like what you see as it relates to you. But God is still saying you're a mighty man of valor, a woman of destiny, a virtuous woman. And I'm going to do things in you that no one thought would ever happen in your life. Because he called those things which be not as though they were. How can God call a boy a man? Glory to God. It's same thing happened with Gideon. Gideon, mighty man of valor. He said, what do you mean? I'm the least of these tribes. My clan is the smallest. How do you call me a mighty man of valor? I've never done anything. I'm afraid. I'm threshing wheat in the wine press. God said, I'm calling those things which be not as though they were. I don't want your name in lights anyway. That's why I reduce you to nothing. You don't even feel like you can do nothing. You feel like your destiny has uh, left you or escaped you. But I'm still calling you a mighty man of valor you haven't done nothing in five years but I'm still calling you a mighty man of valor you haven't even begun to get your mind right you haven't prayed you feel like your emotions have taken over you but I'm still calling you a mighty man of valor because he calls those things which be not as though they were I feel like a failure, the lady would say. I feel like a failure. I've never been able to put things together. I've been marginalized. I got all of this stuff and this baggage in my life. And God still says, you're a woman of virtue. You're a woman that I've chosen. You're going to do great things in your life. Don't let the devil stop you. I'm calling those things which be not as though they were. Well, Bishop, I fail many times and I can't even praise because I don't feel holy. But God said, listen, I'm calling those things as which be not as though I call you righteous. I call you holy. I call you sanctified, even though you're tore up from the floor. Up. If you put your trust in Jesus, I'll work it out in your life. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He calls a teenager, a man after my own heart and he will be. The next king. Taking care of sheep. Smelling like dung. But you're a mighty man and the next king. He was a boy. Laying on his back writing love songs to God. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Uh, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. And leads me beside the still waters. And he restores my mind. He leads me in the path of righteousness. I don't know about this king stuff. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't know about all this princely stuff. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comforts me. I don't know about all of that robe and all of that stuff. I just got a harp. I'll just play this. You prepare a table before me in the midst of my conflicts. You anoint my head with oil. I don't feel like it, but God, I thank you for the anointing that you put on me. You anoint my head with oil and my cup is running over. 
One thing I know for sure, the goodness and mercy is following me all of the days of my life. If it wasn't for the goodness of the Lord, I wouldn't be here. I never felt like I could make it today, but he brought me here, and I'm glad about it. He brought me, uh, glory to God, out of the duchess, out of the, out of the muck and the miry clay, out of the pits, and I'm glad about it. He, he brought me through hell and high water, and I'm glad about it. I don't have everything that I want, and I'm really disappointed right now, but he's bringing me through it. He's bringing me through the fire, and I'm glad about it. And I'm going to give him the glory for the goodness and the mercy that's following me all of the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but God is trying to pull you out of a stupor that you've been in for a while. And he's calling you mighty when you don't feel mighty. He's calling you holy when you don't feel holy. He's calling you a praiser when you haven't praised in a while because he sees something. Let destiny set your agenda. Glory to God. Hallelujah. In the same way God calls you blessed. When it looks like curses are manifested in your life, he calls you successful. When it looks like you have nothing but failure, he calls you strong. Even though you feel weak, he calls you healthy. Even when you feel sick, he calls you talented and gifted. When it feels like you're impotent and you're a dud. Glory to God. It may not be all true right now, but let him call you before it happens. Let him call you what you are, who you are, before it manifests in your life. I'm trying to shift a few mindsets here because people are just looking at reality. When God says, I can call you what you're not. I can call you who you are, even though it hadn't manifested. If you'll just let me do it and stop resisting truth. Are you pushing back on the word of God? I'm preaching to you and you still saying, but I don't feel like it. You don't know what's going on in my, I don't have to know. All I know is the word of the Lord is coming unto me saying, prophesy as I command you and call them what they don't feel they are before it happens so I can manifest it in the new year. Everything you need is ahead of you, not behind you. I said everything you need is ahead of you. It's in front of you, not behind you. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. So I'm blessed. I'm going to keep saying, and I'm successful. And I'm going to keep saying, and I'm strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Because I'm taking on the whole arm of God. And I'm healthy because he's making my mind healthy. Disease is messing up my life and introducing disease in my body. Glory to God. But I'm going to get my mind right so I can be healthy through and through. And I'm talented because he made me talented. Glory, hallelujah. And you can say like Abraham, God, what does this mean? What does this mean I'm blessed? And I don't see it manifested. I'm struggling in my own finances. I'm struggling in my health. I'm dealing with illness, mental illness in my mind. I don't even want to worship. Don't worry. Because help is on the way. Because he calls those things which be not. As though they were. God calls things that are not. As though they were already occurring in your life. 
And let me help you, mothers and fathers, start calling those things which be not as though they were. If you start moving by faith and speaking the end result, you'll see the end result occurring. And there are people who need to be in this word, but they're not listening. And they wonder why things are cutting them at the root. But you got to get the word in your soul. I cannot do anything. I have no power to change nobody's life. But the word is transformative. Glory to God. It's quick and powerful and sharper than any double-edged sword. It goes deeper. Thank you, Lord. It goes deeper. Even into the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow of the bone. And it is a discerner of the thoughts and intent of the heart. And the word, which is your destiny, will set the agenda. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. And so God calls things which be not. He keeps saying absolutely as though they already were. Thank you, God. And there are promises that God has spoken over your life. And he calls those things which be not as though they were. They have not manifested, but he called it. And the word will not return void. It must accomplish. Now notice, you don't have to come up with stuff on your own. He called it. You don't have to come up with anything. Everything concerning your life has already been called into existence these things are not just your own ideas that's why the old folk used to say get in the word and stay there and be ready when Jesus come if you want to find the agenda this year you got to make sure this coming year you got to make sure you get in the word to find the agenda to find the destiny and let destiny set the agenda and the scripture talks about the secret petitions of a person's heart the secret petitions of your heart. God knows what's in you. Glory to God. Actually, he put them there. While you were asleep, he came and laid the seed of destiny in your life. The Bible says it like this. He placed eternity in every heart. A God-shaped hole that will never be satisfied. You can't drink it. You can't sex it. You can't do anything to make sure it's taken care of. Only God can feel it. And there will always be a God-shaped hole in every man until he finds God to fill the hole. It's that secret petition in the heart, eternity, that's there. And you need to discover the God-shaped hole. Glory to God. It means the things that you're dreaming about, some of those things, I didn't say all of them, God put the dream in you. Thank you, Lord. You didn't come up on your own with these things. What you have to do is when you have a dream, check it. Check to make sure that the dream is also synchronized with God's agenda. And you'll find out a lot of the things that you're dreaming about, has it, it, it's connected with God's agenda. You just don't understand that the impudence and the fool, the morsel of bread and the motivation must come from the word of God. Some things you haven't told anyone, but you believe God wants to manifest it in your life. God told me to tell you he's pulling on that string. Expect it to occur next year. Things you've been dreaming about, expect it to occur next year. We've allowed disappointment.
disappointment to speak louder than destiny. Glory to God. Disappointment talks to us so loud that we hear it every day. It, cha it changes and shifts our attitude. But God wants you to allow destiny to cause joy to flood your heart and soul. Glory to God. When the building was burning last month, I was standing there watching it. And uh, one of the young ladies walked up to me. She was crying. It's Bishop, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that your building is burning. My God, I'm so sorry. I said, girl, look at me. She looked at me. I said, now look at that building. And I want you to see it through prophetic eyes. And that girl looked at that building, stood straight, started blinking. She said, I see zigzag. I said, no. <laughs> she said, I see zigzag burning, glory to God. But you shall recover all. Hallelujah. I said, now we're going somewhere. Hallelujah. Sometimes when things are burning in your life, if you're not careful, all you'll see is what's burning. But you got to look at it through the lenses of destiny and see what God is saying through the lenses of his word. And you'll begin to see that which is burning and that which is crushed and that glory to God, that which is ash will rise again. And you will recover all. Can somebody say amen? And that's your destiny to recover all. I think God is telling you that you will become what he purposed for you to become. You may not see it happen or you may not see it can happen. But I'm here to tell you if God is involved, it will happen. Every circumstance and every situation. You may say I don't have talent. I don't feel gifted, but every circumstance and every situation must come in alignment with God's will. Amen. Glory to God. You may say, I didn't come from the right family tree, but God says, listen, don't worry about all of that. I got something for you. You tried last time and you gave up, but God said, try again. That's why I love James chapter 5. It says Elijah was of like passion as we were, as we are. And he prayed and God shut up the heavens and, uh, for three years and six months. And people like to say, well, Elijah prayed and God shut up the heavens. But the Bible says he prayed again. And God opened up the fountains. Hallelujah. And that's even the greater work. And we need to say the next time you pray, you need to expect. I know you prayed many times, but don't give up on prayer. The next time you pray, God just might open the heavens for you. Well, I did it, Bishop, and I'm disappointed. Man, you better grab the Gabor in you and the Alpha in you and start praying. And the next time you pray, expect God to do what he said he's going to do. Whew, thank you God remember God wants us to pursue him with the intent of capture just like you used to pursue what you like you got to go for God like that I said just like you used to pursue what you like you wouldn't stop till you got enough God wants you to pursue him like that until you grab him and let or don't let him go until he bless you you got to grab the Gabor in you, man. You got to grab the Gabor inside of you, man. You got to man up and let God be God in every other man alive. Glory to God. Thank you, God. So try again. Try again. I said try again. Glory to God. God controls the universe. 
And the Bible says when Joshua was defeating his enemy, he lifted up his eyes and said, God, I don't have enough sunlight. <laughs> I don't have enough sunlight to run down these, these people. And you want me to vanquish them all so we can prosper in the land. Give me more time. And the Bible said he let the sun stand still. And gave him daylight until he defeated his enemy. Let me tell you something. God is allowing time to stand still so you can finish the work. He's going to elongate the time. He's going to endeavor to keep the unity. He's going to elongate the time so you can finish the work that he's assigned you to. And you will do more in this time than you did in three years. Thank you, Jesus. Let me go ahead and decree and declare it. God is giving you more time to finish the work that he's assigned for you to do. God is not finished with the work yet. He's going to give you more time to finish the work. Whoo, thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. You won't have to burn candles to get this done. He's going to give you daylight. Hallelujah. Can you agree with God? Say, I agree in Jesus' name. I'm not trying to preach you happy. I'm not trying to preach you happy until you get it. You need to get this faith that's inside of you and release it. God ain't babying us no more. You got to get something inside of you to say, I'm going to reach for God. If God is reaching for you, you're not going to reach back. You've got to reach and pull. Let me push it this way. Push until something happens. Glory to God. Get up on this. Push until something happens. Y'all don't know nothing about salt and pepper. Get up on this. All he's looking for is someone who will agree with him. He's just looking for someone who will say, I agree in Jesus' name. Someone who will rise up in faith during this season. Someone who will hear destiny calling. You may not see it right now, but God see it. And Bishop McLaughlin said it years ago. The one-eyed man is king in the kingdom of the blind. So if you have one eye and everybody else is blind, you the king. You don't have to have 20-20 vision to be leader. You just need to be able to see. I'm preaching better than you saying amen. And if everybody in the family is blind, can you see a little bit? If one can see, you become king or queen. That's why you can't come off this wall until everybody's saved. They can't see. They can't see at all. They're blind. And you have to show them the way. Glory to God. Human nature says when I see it, I'll believe it. But faith says I'll believe it. Then I'll see it. So you're more than human. I decree and declare you're extraordinary. I say you're extraordinary. You're calling those things like God, which be not that are not as though they were. Just echo God. I was in Houston, Texas and told the church that people, the people of God and the leaders need to echo the visionary. Guess what? The church is rallying around that. And I wonder, does truth reveal catch that? 
Amen. You want to be successful, there's a, there's a successful mindset. Glory to God. In other words, if you want to be successful, do you rehearse what's being preached on Sunday? Do you even think about it on Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday? Do you go back and look at the video? You don't even have to buy a CD right now. Years ago, I told our, our team, I said, D DVDs are going out because Facebook has come up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean? Listen, listen. You're going to see a day where you won't sell as many DVDs because people can get it for free now. Just like Microsoft put their Internet Explorer in their suite, glory to God. And Netscape didn't understand what was coming. They just thought, well, we're the engine. If you want to get on the Internet, you need to go through us. But Microsoft dropped Explorer in their, in their package and just killed Netscape. Glory to God. And if you don't get with technology, you're going to be left behind. Just like Blockbuster. They didn't see what was coming. They didn't see Netflix. They didn't see what was coming. And some people are still with the old landmark. And you got to start moving forward in the things of God. I told our church there's some stuff that's coming down the pike 15 years ago. We must be out ahead of it. I can see it coming. Worship is going to become more simplistic. It's not complex uh, Fred Hammond type uh, chords and stuff like that. People are going to start worshiping God. It's going to be more simplistic than you ever. Boring to those who are really, really talented. But if you really get yourself together now, you'll be ahead of the curve. You don't have to know every curly cue to worship God. Ooh, 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 ooh. You don't have to do that today. All you got to do is say, Father, we love you and we bless you and start worshiping him from your heart and you'll start seeing multitudes come to the worship. It's in the simplistic. The anointing is in the simplicity. Glory to God. Glory to God. And God, he's, listen, when I see it, I'll believe it. That's what human nature says, but faith says. I believe it. Then I'll see it. And I believe God is speaking over your destiny right now to fulfill it. So do you believe it? Glory to God. I say, do you believe it? Yes, I believe in Jesus name. Now let's go back to first Samuel chapter nine. Let me speak to you prophetically. As we close out this year, I need to speak prophetically to you out of 1 Samuel chapter 9. That destiny sets the agenda. If you read in the previous uh, chapters, chapter 7, uh, there's a man by the name of Samuel who is the premier prophet of the day. He is the predecessor. Predecessor means follower, right? He is the predecessor of Eli the prophet who lost his vision and there was no open vision during his day. And one of the things that Eli never did is corrected his sons. I want you to see that. You read it first, second and third chapter of first Samuel. He knew that they were doing things and taking bribes, but he would not challenge them on it. Amen. And then, um, uh, Hannah, which is the mother of Samuel, prayed to God that if you bless me with a son, I'll give him back to you. The Bible says Eli was so, uh, I have to say it this way, he was so uh, obese in his stuff 
that he looked at the woman crying out to God and thought she was drunk. Now, this is the prophet of God looking through natural lenses at somebody crying out to God. And he actually says, woman, why would you come in here drunk? Like she says, my, my Lord, I'm not drinking. I'm just moved with sorrow. And I'm asking God to give me a baby. Glory to God. Samuel then kicks in the prophetic, I'm sorry, Eli, kicks in his prophetic gears and say, but God's going to bless you with your petition. And she gave birth to Samuel. And when the boy grew, she brought him to the Lord and gave him back to God. And allowed Samuel to train Eli to train him in the things of the Lord. While he's a young man, you read it in chapter 3, the Spirit of God spoke to the boy, but he thought it was Eli calling him. So he gets up and he walks in and said, my Lord, have you called me? Eli said, I didn't call you. Lay down, son. He goes and lay down. And then the Lord calls him the second time. He gets up and goes into the prophet and said, did you call me? He said, no, I didn't call you. And the boy lays down again. And then he hears the voice of the Lord the third time. And he gets up and goes to the prophet and said, did you call me? Guess what? The prophet said, I didn't call you. But the scripture said he perceived. That the Lord was speaking to the boy. In other words, Eli knew the voice of God but couldn't hear it. And Samuel didn't know God's voice but he can hear him clearly. Where are you? Are you the kind of person that used to hear his voice but you don't hear it any longer? And you're comfortable with that? Or you're the kind of person that he's speaking to, but you don't recognize it. You're either one of the two. Because God is always speaking. Either you don't hear him, or you used to hear him, and you don't hear him no more. I need to speak prophetically. Now, that young man, after receiving the word of the Lord, the scripture says he becomes the premier prophet of his day. And he gains, he's now old, and his sons are acting up. So, I want you to just understand this. It doesn't mean that we're failures when there's problems in our pedigree. Because even Samuel's sons started acting up and wouldn't listen, glory to God. Amen. What we need to do is train them up in the way they should go, that when they're old, they won't depart. I decree and declare that they're going to come back. Hallelujah. They're going to come back to wholeness. Your daughter is not going to be out there doing anything she wants to do. You've got to keep praying and decreeing the word of God over her life. Your son may be renegade right now, but you've got to speak the word of God in his ear and let him know that God still has his hands on his life. And I'm not going to let you go through my prayers and my instruction until God changes things. Glory, hallelujah. And here in the eighth chapter, the scripture says that the children of Israel looked at other nations and said, we want ourselves a king. And Samuel was grieved over it. And God told Samuel, it is not you that they're rejecting. They're rejecting me. And I'm going to give them a king, but I want you to let them know what the king is going to do. He's going to take their daughters and make them work in perfume houses. They're going to have to crush the woods and the spices. And they're going to have to make perfume for one man. And he's going to take their sons and make them run before his chariots. 
in his service and he's going to make some of them slaves and he's going to put many of them in the army and he's going to do things that they never thought he's going to take their property as his own because they rejected me as king I'm going to give them a king but they ain't ready for it and then in chapter 9 verse number 1 we see something happening along the way there was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish. And the Bible says he had a beautiful boy. He had a beautiful boy. He was a choice boy, scripture says, and handsome son. Uh, uh, and his name was Saul. And Saul, the name actually means a maximum display of flesh. And that's why we have to not baby our flesh so much because that's the foliage of life. We got to put something on the inside of them. Because some people can become arrogant with the external and God wants them, wants us to begin to pump something on the inside. Hallelujah. That's far greater than how we look on the outside. He had a choice boy by the name of Saul, a maximum display of flesh. And he was more handsome person than all of those in Israel. From his shoulders up. In other words, if he stood in the midst of everybody, he was taller than everybody. A maximum display of flesh. But look at this verse 3. Now the donkeys of Kish, Saul's father, was lost. And what you, when you see donkeys here, you need to see finance. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody. Finances. Lost. One of the things that God does to humble people is mess with their money. Glory to God. When I was 25 years old, my finances wasn't right. I didn't have any class on how to work with money. I didn't have a clue. I thought a credit card should be maximized. I thought it was prosperity to have American Express. I didn't know that you had to pay it off every month. And I heard God tell me to come to Palm Bay and start a church. So I put $5,000 on my credit card and bought some musical equipment and came to university in 1990 and ran a revival on the street. And the first night a man got saved. And when I laid my hands on the man, I realized I wasn't ready. Because I said I don't have enough to teach the man. My finances are off. And if I'm going to be a leader and tell these people to get themselves together, I must model it before I teach it. So I shut it down and waited for another five years until he released me. But in that five years, I thought God would pay off my debt. Because I did it in his name. It was for him. And he never paid a payment. I cried and I cried. And I cried and I cried. And I cried and I cried. Every month I was getting that, 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 I was, I was getting that invoice. You got to send this money in. And then there's a demon of minimum debt, uh, minimum payments. And if you pay minimum payments, you're going to be paying for the next 50. So I had a full-time job working on the Cape, and I had to go and work for Sears part-time. 
and put all that money on the credit card until I got it under subjection. And nobody bailed me out. And I thank God. You know why? Because he built the man. He made the man before he clothed the man. He told me I didn't tell you to do it. You did it on your own and you've got to pay for it. And he made the man glory to God. And when I stepped out five years later and began to teach on money, I had an anointing to go with. But guys, I got something behind me. I got some experience. Can somebody say amen? amen? And when the donkeys are lost, it means the money is messed up. Yeah. This is how God tries to humble a man. You got the looks, but your money is funny. You need to have the kind of resource and management skills to match the look. I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. So you got to learn how to control your appetites. Now the donkeys of Kish, Saul's father was lost. And Kish said to his son Saul, please take one of the servants with you and arise and go and look for the donkeys. Notice this was a mighty man, a Benjaminite. But he had problems with his money. This is how God humbles the man. Now many don't see it. That's why I say God may be speaking, but you can't hear. The way God deals with handsome and with fine women is to deal with your money. Because you didn't listen to him when he told you to pray and you overspent. So he chokes you out with the money. All he's trying to do is get you to bow knee. And humble yourself. And he will pull you right up out of it. But we fail to do that. It'll be alright. No it's not. It's not going to be alright. Because your donkeys are lost. Who's going to find them? Notice this man named Kish. Sent his son. In other words. I'm not going to look for the donkeys myself. But I'm going to involve you in my malady. Look at the word here. Verse 3. The donkeys at Kish. The donkeys of Kish. Saul's fathers were lost. So instead of him going to find them. He told his son to do it. And involved a servant. To go and find them. But whose responsibility is it? It's Kish's responsibility. That's why we cannot allow our sins to pass down. And if you think you're cool, listen what I'm telling you right now. You're going to see the same things manifest in the next generation until you bow that knee. It never said kids prayed. It never said he sought the man of God. He pulled his son close. And the servant of his son and involved them in his malady. Look at verse 3. Now the donkeys of Kish, Saul's father, was lost. Kish said to his son Saul, the one that's taller, I want you to go with a servant of yours. Arise and go and look for him. So he passed through the mountains of Ephraim. Notice as they're looking for them, they don't have a GPS. They don't have gargles. They don't have binoculars. They got to walk the land. 
We don't want the next generation to walk blindly looking for what we couldn't find. We don't want the next generation to have shackles on their feet. We want them to be free. Can somebody say amen? He goes to the mountains of Ephraim. This is a mountain ridge. I've been there. And through the land of Lashia, Shalisha, the land of Shalisha. But they did not find them. In other words, they're going on a search, looking for destiny, looking for donkeys, looking for destiny, and didn't find them. And how many of us are going around in circles? And now the next generation is going around in circles and still haven't found it. Because we haven't allowed destiny to set the agenda. Y'all still with me? Man, I'm preaching now. <laughs> Help me, Lord. We're closing out this year. It's going to be better for you. If you get this word. Whew. I ain't pulling in the next, the next year. Some stuff that I should handle this year. And this is what God says. God don't want me as a leader. Searching for destiny. And our church. Then tasked with searching for destiny. When I can find mine. And then help you to find yours. We all are not searching for destiny. I know mine. And from this place of knowing and intimacy, I can help you to find yours. Look at verse 5. And they came to the land of Zulf. Notice they traveled from Ephraim. Also to, Lisha, to uh, I'm going to say it right. Shalisha. Let me say it right. Shalisha. Shalisha. Thank you, Lord. I'm trying to get it right for y'all. Let's look at the word because I want to read it to you. The Bible says, and then they go into the land of, of Zoph. Yeah. That means the boys are traveling. Still didn't find it. And Saul said to his servant who was with him, come, let us go home. Lest my father cease caring about the donkeys and he have to worry about me. I don't want him worrying about us. We couldn't find it. Let's go home. And he said to him, look now, there is in this city a man of God, and he's an honorable man. All that he says surely comes to pass. So let's go there. Perhaps he can show us the way that we should go. Now notice, Israel wanted a king. And God, his destiny is on the man named Saul to be king. But he is totally oblivious to it. He's out trying to find how he can deal with his money problems. And don't know, don't know his, his destiny is being moved by God. The agenda in his footsteps, God allowed him to go for the money stuff because he's trying to humble the man to get him on track to speak to a man of God. Sometimes you can interfere with God. Sometimes you can agree with going home too early. Or you don't have to put up with all that. 
Or I don't want you tired looking at this land and that land and going up this mountain and that mountain because I don't want you to walk the same trails that I walked. When God is setting the destiny for the maximum display of flesh. Ah. There's a man of God. If we go to the man of God, maybe he, should, he can show us the way we should go. Look at verse 7. Then Saul said to his servant, but look, if we go, what shall we bring the man? Are you teaching your children how to prosper? They know how to do Xbox. They know how to smoke reefer. But do they know how to prosper? Have you modeled it for them? Obviously, Kish did something. He said, you don't go and, and inquire of a man of God with empty handed. <laughs> I know y'all don't want to hear this. Uh, people don't read the Bible no more. Mamas used to put money in the children's hand and say, put this in church. <laughs> don't put it in your pocket, put it in church. Because you can't be God given. No matter how you try. All money problems are tied to a lack of sowing into the kingdom. I say it again. All money problems. If you got money problems, I guarantee you if I pull the string, you're going to see there was no seed in God's house. But if you start sowing in the house, he's going to make you budget. And all of these leaks that you have in your life, he's going to plug them up. Oh, I'm preaching better than you saying amen. You will save more than your time. If you just let God be God. And let his will, his agenda, his destiny set your agenda. Ah. So Saul said to his servant, verse 7. But look, if we go, what shall we bring the man of God for the bread in our vessel is all gone. And there is no present to bring the man of God. What do we have? Notice the servant. Saul, the servant of Saul answered and said, look, I have a hand. At hand, one fourth of a shekel of silver. I will give that to the man of God to tell us our way. The Bible says formally, when a man went to inquire of God, he would always bring a seed to the seer. Now called the prophet was formally called the seer. So anytime there was an exchange with the prophetic, some people have taken this way out of context now. In other words, they use it to the max. I got to say it's biblical, but you don't use it to the max. You don't push people to extinction. But just because some people violate it doesn't mean you shouldn't do the principle or engage in the principle at all. And this is what happens with people. They see one person mess up. Or one doctor with malpractice. And they say all doctors are messed up. Or they see one church that takes it to the extreme. And they say I'll never give God anything anymore. They give to their reefer. They give to their drink. 
they give to their stuff but they don't give to God and that's why you have the loss of the donkey and no discovery of the destiny look at verse 11 and they went up to the hill up the hill to the city and met some young women some young women going out to draw water and said to them is there a seer here notice it seems to me that the women are more connected to the voice y'all searching but it was the women who say yes there is a seer why are our ladies more in tune to the spirit than we are in many cases are we just maximum displays of flesh or have we humbled ourselves to the degree where we can hear God for us why would a wife have to encourage you to pray or have to encourage you to kneel or have to encourage you to come to church when things should be totally different you should be in hot pursuit of the things of God. I ain't here to badger nobody. I'm just saying. I ain't coming to church. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear what you want. You want somebody to tell you it's all right when your donkeys are gone? What do you want me to do? You want to find the donkeys enough? Glory to God. Nobody ain't babying you no more. We got to get up and get it now. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It's right there in the text. I'm just talking prophetically. It's right there in the text for everybody to see it. Glory to God. Verse 11. They went up the hill. They went up the hill to the city. Met some young women going out to draw water. Going out to the well to draw water. It's the women that's drawing the water. It's the women that's at the well. Where's the man? You need water too. Is there a seer here? Look at verse 12. They answered him and said, yes. Yes, there's a seer. There he is. Just ahead of you. In other words, you don't even know how close you are to your destiny. And it was your money issues that put you on track. To walk across the path of the person that's going to set the course for your life. I ain't going to fix your money issue. God allowed it to happen. So you can see clearer. Thank you, Lord. Ah, Lord, help me. Look at this. Hurry now. Look at the ladies. They say, hurry now. You need to hurry now. Make haste. You're walking too cool. You're too cool with it. You ain't got no money and you're cool with it. You ain't got no unction for God and you're cool with it. But you need to hurry now because the sun is going down. Hurry now for today he came to this city. In other words, if you don't get there now, tomorrow he's leaving. You don't feel it in your soul that something needs to happen now? That destiny is pressing on the moment now? 
You can't wait another year. You got to do something now. Make haste. Make haste. Make haste. Get back to God. Make haste. Get back to the church. Make haste. You don't pray enough. Make haste. You're out there in the street somewhere. Make haste. I know you got another tattoo. Make haste. You got another piercing. But where's God? Thank you, God. Hurry now. For today he came to the city because there is a sacrifice of the people today on the high place. As soon as you come into the city, you will surely find him before he goes up to the high place to eat. For the people will not eat until he comes because he must bless the sacrifice of four afterwards. Those who are invited will eat. Now, therefore, go up. For about this time you will find him. In other words, your timing. Uh, you had to go through Ephraim. You had to go here and there. But right now you're synchronizing with God's timing. You're about to walk into your destiny. I know it's been hard for you. I know things haven't worked for you. But get your mind off of what you lost. You're about to step into your destiny. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. As they were coming into the city, there was Samuel coming out toward them. Notice, as they're coming in, here comes the person they're looking for coming out. And some people think it's by chance that these things happen. But say it with me, nothing just happens. It is the timing of God even now with this message, if some of you, I don't know who I'm talking to, but if some of you take this message, you're going to synchronize with God. You are so close. You're so close for God to deliver. You're so close to finding your donkeys. You're so close to stepping into your destiny. You're so close for your family coming back together again. But you must make haste and go up. You, you need to go up now. Today is the day. Don't wait until the new year. Don't wait until a new year's resolution. Don't wait until God bless you. Go up now. And as you go up, you're going to see the seer coming out. As you go up, your vision is coming out to meet you. I said, as you go up, your vision is coming out to meet you. Ooh, thank you, God. He was on his way to the high place. In other words, if they were three minutes late, he would have already been up. And he would have not have heard them. Notice the word. Now the Lord had said to Samuel in his ear. He spoke to him in his ear. And this is the season where the word of the Lord is coming out of his mouth and entering to the ear of the seers. Glory to God. And his, this, this is the next dimension. Even God is going to allow your word when you pray to go into the ear of your soul. As you speak in prayer and decree something, he going to speak into them. Arrest them. Sit up straight in the bed. Whoa. Whoa. 
Whoa, expect phone calls with weeping. Oh no, I don't know. I don't know what's happening to me. He's going to arrest them. Woo, Jesus. As he's going up, Samuel is coming out, hallelujah, to meet them. Notice the word. Now the Lord has spoken to Samuel in his ear that day before Saul came saying, Tomorrow, about this time, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. Notice how clear God speaks to the seer. He never met the man, never saw him before. But I'm letting you know, one is coming from the land of Benjamin. He doesn't know that I got him on the track. He doesn't know that I messed up his money so he can start walking. He doesn't know that I hooked the servant up and gave the servant just what he needs to come into the presence of the seer. He doesn't know that as he goes up, vision is going to be coming out. He doesn't know that he has to go through Ephraim because it's about the timing of God. And God is setting the agenda for his next phase. Woo, thank you, Jesus. And the Lord spoke into Samuel's ear and said, about this time tomorrow, a man from the land of Benjamin, and you shall anoint him, commander over my people Israel, that he may save my people from the land or the hand of the Philistines. For I have looked upon my people because they, their cry has come to me. And when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said to him, there he is. Notice Saul had no clue. He's thinking he's coming to find donkeys. And don't know God has set him up for kingship. And I got to disappoint you, man. I got to disappoint you. I got to disappoint you. Because if I don't disappoint you, I can't appoint you. If I don't hurt you in the heart... You'll be so magnified in yourself, nobody can talk to you. So I got to disappoint you. I hate it, but I got to hurt you. So you'll get on track. Can somebody say amen? amen. I don't know who I'm preaching to. But he had to hurt you. He had to hurt you. So he can appoint you. You had to lose something. So you can gain something. Ooh, Jesus, hallelujah. Ooh. Glory to God. So when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said to him, verse 17, I'm almost done. There he is, the man whom I spoke to you. This one shall reign over my people. Then Saul drew near to Samuel. In the gate and said, Bless, please tell me where's the seer's house? Didn't know he was standing right there before him. Let destiny set your agenda. Thank you, God. Samuel answered Saul and said, I am the seer. In other words, you're looking for donkeys, but really, God set you on a track to find me. You're looking for your money issue to be fixed. But what I'm trying to do is get you the face to be. 
Samuel answered Saul and said, I am the seer. Go up before me to the high place. Notice the unity and the union. The boy, the man, Saul, doesn't know he's on track now to go up with the seer to find destiny. Notice the word, for you shall eat with me today. And let me decree and declare, some of you are about to eat with kings. And people with a lot of wealth. People who can see. And God is blinding you to it. Because if you knew it, you would defile it. I don't know who I'm talking to. But God is about to cause you to go up. And you're going to dine with people of great, of great reputation, of great renown. And you're going to sit with them and dine with them. You're going to look around the room and say, how in the world did I get here? And you got to keep it in your mind. Your job is not to just mingle with these people. It's for destiny's sake. Glory to God. He's going to give you favor. You're going to sit in restaurants that you never thought you would sit in. You're going to go to homes that you never thought you would enter into. Thank you, Lord. Can I preach it like he gave me? I'm almost done. Last Sunday in the year. Whew. Go up before me into the high place. For you shall eat with me today. And tomorrow I will let you go. And will tell you all that is in your heart. But as for your donkeys, look at this. That were lost three days ago. You never told me about them, but God told me. Do not be anxious about them, for they have been found. The track that you were on was just a camouflage. I had to hurt you so you can get here. And some of you don't know why you went through what you went through, but God hurts you because he's trying to get you here so you can see more clearly. And he's going to structure and fix what you lost anyway. If you ever meet your seer, your, your seed will come into order. If you ever allow your destiny your, your, your destiny to set the agenda, your donkeys will be found. Thank you, God. Stop trying to fix it yourself. Notice the man never even told a man, never gave him a gift yet. Y'all worried about what's going on in church. God said, I don't need your money. I'm trying to get you in the right position. It's not about money can't fix that. It's about getting you in the right position so you can see clearly. Oh my God. And on whom is all the desire of Israel? Is it not on you and on your father's house? And Saul answered and said, I am, am I not a Benjaminite of the smallest of the tribes of Israel? My family is not all that. I don't have anything least of all of my families of the tribe of Benjamin why then do you speak like this to me now Samuel took Saul and his servant and brought them into the hall 
Some of you are about to go into the hall. The halls of academia, but also the halls of the magistrates. I'm talking about people who sit in authority. God's going to give you favor. And you need to speak, as it were, for the king's sake. Not for your sake. For the king's sake. Expand the kingdom. Ooh, thank you, God. Notice, now Samuel took Saul and brought him into the hall and had them sit in the place of honor among those who were invited. There are about 30 persons. And actually, look at this. There were 30 persons plus Samuel, Saul, and the servant, which makes what? 33. 33 people in the hall now. Same number of Jesus when he dies. Same number of, of David when he becomes king over all Israel. Ah. Look at verse 23. I'm almost done. Samuel said to the cook, bring the portion which I gave you, of which I said to you, set it apart. In other words, preparation is already made. You ain't got to buy no turkeys. You have to do nothing but walk in destiny. It's going to be provided. The donkeys are found. The morsel of bread for motivation is there. Destiny is setting the agenda. Glory to God. Success is saluting you. Bring the portion which I gave you, which I said set apart. Verse 24, so he cooked, the, the cook took up the thigh which is upper part, which it's upper part and set it before Saul. And Saul said, here it is. What was kept back, it was set apart for you. I'm sorry. And Samuel said, what was kept back was set apart for you. Eat for until this time it has been kept for you. In other words, I had this was always your portion. This was always set apart for you. Same boy who's trying to find money. God said, I already had something set up. I hurt you because you're too maximum display of flesh. eat for until this time has been kept for you since I said I invited the people so Saul ate with Samuel that day when they had come down from the high place into the city Samuel spoke to Saul on the top of his house notice his vision changed he doesn't go to the valley now he comes from the high place not to the gate but to the top of Samuel's house which means he can see too. His whole landscape, the way he see life, changes as well. If you would just follow God and come out of yourself in this new year and allow destiny to set your agenda, 
You're going to see God do things in your city, in your community, in your family, in your pedigree that you've never seen before. And the stuff you lost is going to be found. Guess what? It's already set apart even now. And I know I went a long time, but give me that. Give me that. It's the last Sunday. I got to tell you what he told me. He wanted me to read every verse for somebody that's under the sound of my voice. Let him speak to you about your life. While you're looking for money, he's trying to get you to see. To the seer so you can see from the top of the house of the seer. And if you can ever get there, the landscape changes. The upper room is greater than the first floor. There's a lot of distractions on the first floor. But if you can get to the upper room, you see the whole city. And it looks different from this high place. I was in Las Vegas, 70-something floors up. And I looked over the city. I was amazed. But how far you could see when you're 70 something stories up. And God wants to take you even higher to the top of the seer's house. So you can see life more clearly. As you listen to this message over and over, it's going to start speaking to you. You'll understand it better by and by. Father, thank you for this word. I released it to your people on the last Sunday of this great year. Wow, what a year. What a year of disappointment and pain. You told me you hurt us because you're trying to get something to us. So thank you for that. Thank you for the destiny that sets the agenda. Saul didn't know why he went on the journey. He thought it was just his daddy giving him a, a task didn't know that you already spoke to Samuel the prophet about a man that would be taller than the rest of them. Yes, a maximum display of flesh, but chosen with a destiny. I give you praise for that. I give you praise for that. Thank you, Lord, for helping Saul using Samuel to mentor him, not allowing him to go back to the gate. He already came through that. But to now rest on the top of the seer's home, to see Jerusalem, to see Israel, to see Israel from a different spot. Thank you, Lord, for that. Now let us climb the staircase. Help us to meet our destiny. So we can see clearly what the Spirit is saying to the church. I give you praise for helping us all through the year to finish strong. I bless you, Lord, for preserving our ministry. Giving us an inheritance among them which are sanctified. I do not look at the things that we see. The donkeys have been found. There's a portion set aside for us even before we knew it. Let it become a reality for every person under the sound of my voice. 
we will walk in destiny. And I give you praise for the destiny. Destiny's call, destiny's voice. In Jesus' name, amen. It has been a real joy to share the word of God with you. A special thank you to those who care for this ministry. No amount of financial support is too small. It is because of you this ministry is possible. To support us, go to our website at truthrevealed.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share with friends. Be sure to tag us when you share at Trim Nation One. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, I'll see you at the Word of Truth Revealed.